1: This
0: is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Over the weekend, some parishioners gathered in houses of worship across the state after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against parts of California's ban on indoor worship services put in place because of the coronavirus pandemic. The Supreme Court ruling came in response to lawsuits brought by California churches against the state, arguing that California's pandemic restrictions violated constitutionally protected religious freedoms. On Sunday, Pastor Chay An of Harvest Rock Church in Pasadena, one of the churches that sued, celebrated with his congregation. Churches can meet uh, not just in California but throughout the United States because this sets a precedence, sets a precedence.
3: It sets a precedence not for our time but also in perpetuity. Let's give Jesus all the praise and all the glory. Come on, let's give Jesus praise.
0: California can still limit attendance and worship services to 25 percent of a building's capacity, and it can also maintain its ban on singing and chanting as ways to control the spread of the coronavirus. Some churches are wary of the Supreme Court's decision. The head of San Francisco's Grace Cathedral said the high court was ignoring science by ruling against the indoor worship ban. Staying on the pandemic, more than 1,100 active duty military personnel will start providing assistance at vaccination centers across the country, including here in California. A military team is expected to deploy to the Golden State in the coming days. Pentagon officials say the team will help staff federally run vaccination sites in either Oakland or the campus of Cal State Los Angeles. Meanwhile, more than 9 million Californians get their health care from Kaiser Permanente. And for both its members and non-members, Kaiser is playing a growing role in the distribution of the coronavirus vaccines. For instance, it's open vaccination supercenters in the state, one at the Moscone Center in San Francisco, the other on the campus of Cal Poly Pomona, East of LA. I got a tour of the Pomona site last week and talked to Dr. Michael Moore, a director of Kaiser's COVID vaccination programs. He spoke about the capabilities of the supercenters and problems Kaiser has had with vaccine supplies.
3: We plan to give about 500 doses today, probably 1,000 or 1,500 tomorrow. And ultimately, vaccine-dependent we will be able to give upwards of 10,000 doses uh, every day.
0: You said vaccine-dependent. I know that Kaiser, like in Santa Clara County, has had to cancel thousands of appointments because there just weren't enough vaccines available. Continuing problem? I mean, do you see that happening again and again in the future?
3: It certainly could happen. We are disappointed. We would love to have more. And we are ready to give it as fast as we can get it. And uh, we hope that the state will be able to procure more from the federal government and other manufacturers can can bring more of the vaccine. But our job is to take whatever we can get and to give it as fast as we can, because, you know, we're in a race against this virus. So as quickly as we can get the vaccine, that's how quickly we'll give it.
0: Is that your kind of three o'clock in the morning thought, doctor, that, oh, well, we have the centers open, but we run out of vaccines?
3: Yes, there is no question. That's probably what keeps me up, up at night, but we can't, we can't solve it without the vaccine. And so, you know, we have the appointments and we're happy to give those appointments. We wish we had more, but the appointments have to match the vaccine.
0: That was Dr. Michael Moore of Kaiser Permanente. Highway 1 along the coast of Big Sur is one of the most scenic stretches of pavement in the country, but it can also be fragile. A still unrepaired big chunk of Highway 1 collapsed in heavy rains last month, and when something like that happens, it has big economic consequences for the tourism dependent communities in Big Sur. From KAZU in Monterey, here's Erica Mahoney.
2: Kirk Gaffel sits in his office at Nepenthe in Big Sur. He's general manager of the restaurant, which is perched on a cliffside with spectacular views of the churning blue waters of the Pacific Ocean.
0: Very reminiscent of something one might find in
4: a Mediterranean climate.
2: Over Zoom, he tells me the sun is shining there, a stark contrast to recent stormy skies that washed out a section of Highway 1 roughly 15 miles south of Nepenthe. This new barrier makes the well-known coastal road trip between Los Angeles and San Francisco impossible. Gaffel says that
0: is only adding headwinds to our
2: recovery. Gaffel is also president of the Big Sur Chamber of Commerce. He expects a more extreme impact on businesses south of the closure and a moderate impact on those north, where Nepenthe and the town of Big Sur are located. He says two-thirds of their customers come from the north and then return that way. Still, the last few years have been particularly challenging in Big Sur. Between recent wildfires, a massive mudslide in 2017, the pandemic.
0: Now this, this road failure, it's really going to test the financial resources of the business owners and our employees.
2: Caltrans is still assessing the damage. The work is complicated. The rainstorm set off a debris flow from the burn scar of last summer's wildfire, sending water, tree trunks, and boulders down the hillside. It overwhelmed the drainage infrastructure at the site, washing out the highway. Now there's a 150-foot chasm. Both lanes are gone. It looks like someone used their hand to dig into a chocolate cake. Local emergency responders are also affected. Marcus Foster is a captain with Big Sur Fire.
0: Most of our resources, personnel and equipment is more on the north side of Big Sur is what we call it.
2: Foster says his team has been shuttling all the way around the closure to bring more equipment down to their South Coast station. He says they will likely be relying on other agencies for assistance if something happens in that remote area. Despite the challenges, he says working and living in Big Sur is worth it. For the California Report, I'm Erica Mahoney in Monterey.
0: A recent poll by UC Berkeley shows support for Governor Gavin Newsom falling, and the campaign to recall him from office, once a fringe idea, appears to be gaining steam. Recall organizers have until March 17th to turn in a million and a half verified voter petition signatures to qualify a recall measure for the ballot. Outside a busy Home Depot in San Diego, where we call volunteers that set up a petition table, I got an earful from people who stopped to sign. The
1: system's broken in many places. The government's broken. And I think that, um, you know, Californians have become brain dead. You know, you can jack up their gas tax. You can shut down businesses. And I want to say, you know,
4: stand up, California. Stand up, you know, and... Take, take, take a stand.
0: And just ideally, if you were to recall Newsom, what do you think changes practically speaking? I mean, we still got a pandemic. We still got a bunch of social issues and economic issues in California. What exactly changes?
1: Uh, I think people's voices are, are being heard. It's, it's a big message to the governor that says, you know, we're not happy. Mm-hmm. We're not happy with your, with your governance. Mm-hmm sends a big message to
0: Sacramento. He's already done what he's done and um, there's no return to being a good guy. The way he put the state in lockdown and we're still struggling here. And every time he gets a little whim, he does another lockdown on everybody. Uh, No, it's not gonna change. It's not gonna change my mind or a lot of people I know. And do any of the uh, public health arguments, do any of them seem reasonable to you to make that, you know, we needed to do this, like the lockdown and other Uh, things? Not to, not to this extent, this is kind of draconian. People are getting back in business again, then it's locked down again, it, it just doesn't work. It's, they're not surviving.
4: Well, I just feel like our state has just, you know, gone full on socialist. He's not going by the rule of law. It's one rule for him, and all and rule and you know different rules for all of us peons.
0: You you, you laid out a bunch of reasons right there. I mean, ha, have those affected you personally? I oh, mean, do you yeah, have any absolutely. less freedom than you had before the governor was absolutely, elected? Absolutely,
4: because you look right now at social media. You look at Google. You look at Facebook. You look at Twitter. And you look at all these huge tech companies. Which side are they on? They're on the side of silencing all conservative voices. Anybody who that goes to Gavin? That's not
0: Gavin them. Newsom though. He I mean is, just uh, on just, that
4: side. He is on the side of Big Tech. He support they support him.
0: Those were supporters of recalling Governor Gavin Newsom from office who I talked to in San Diego. In order, they were Mary Gametric, Brian Maloney and Lynn Metzner. One of Joe Biden's first actions as president was to revoke Donald Trump's travel ban against several Muslim majority and African nations. But as KQED's Farida Javala-Romero reports, that doesn't mean families affected by the ban will get relief right away.
4: Armand Derry is an anesthesiologist near Fresno, originally from Iran. He and his sister, who are now U.S. citizens, have spent six years trying to get permission from the U.S. government for their elderly father to move here from Tehran. All of us are where and have been in this sense of suspension. What's
3: going to happen next?
4: He says President Donald Trump's travel ban targeting Iran and other countries was a huge obstacle. And despite lawyers and persistent letters to the government, they were stuck in bureaucratic limbo. Too much emotion, too much time. It's been a very rough uh, five, six years for us. Derry hopes his father can finally move to California in a few months. He worries about his well-being. I can definitely uh, see some depression. Uh, anxiety, and the feel of hopelessness in my father. Biden ordered the State Department to resume processing visas for people from the 14 countries targeted by the travel ban. The agency must also reconsider more than 41,000 visa requests that were denied, most of them from Iran. How they're going to go about this, we don't know yet. Arti Kohli directs the Asian Law Caucus in San Francisco. She says Biden ending the ban is just the first step. And we will be watching carefully, working with the administration to make sure that all these people who've been separated from their partners, from their children, can be reunited with family. al Albarak, who works at his father's corner store in San Francisco, says the travel ban discouraged him from even applying to bring over his wife from Yemen.
1: Because I knew I would have to spend so much time on getting nowhere.
4: Albarak is 26, a naturalized U.S. citizen who returned to Yemen in 2018 for the wedding. A few months ago, he came back to the U.S. to apply for his wife's visa and vote for Biden so he could end the travel ban. In the meantime, his wife and toddler are stuck in a country engulfed in war.
1: You know, I can't imagine, like, in three or four years when my daughter grows up, How would she even function, like, psychologically and and
4: intellectually? There's
1: no schooling.
4: Still, he says Biden's decision to end the travel ban gives him hope.
3: A little more hope, a little more hope, yeah.
4: A State Department spokesperson says even though visas are again being processed, pandemic delays will continue to slow the work in coming months. For The California Report, I'm Farida Yavala-Romero.
0: And that's the California Report for Monday, February 8th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.
1: Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint, water with a touch of true fruit flavor. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org AdaptingCare.
0: Dot org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.
2: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners.